Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of La Magicas. This is episode number 75. My name is Sam Rubio, the producer of the show. And today I have two guests. Well, they're not really guests. They're basically part of La Magicas now. Um, James Bass and Scott Monroe. Uh, James, how are you? I'm okay. Thank you very much. Scott, how's everything? Uh, everything's good. Thank you for having me on. All right. Um, so, of course, we have. we're going to talk about the game over the weekend, but I think we all want to get started with the transfer market. Uh, what a crazy transfer market. I don't know if you guys following uh, the last, it went all the way to the last few minutes. We, I, a lot of Roma fans, including myself, we were like refreshing our Twitter handle every five seconds to see if that uh, the paperwork from Smalling went through. What do you guys think about that? Before we even break down each signing, what do you guys think about the whole situation? We'll start with you, uh, James. Right, well, you were right, because apparently I read that the the final paperwork was completed one minute before the deadline. <laughs> so uh, it was really uh, lastminute.com there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a straight... I mean, Chris Smalling, we already knew that he wanted to return and Fonseca wanted him, and yet it took so long to agree um, a transfer with uh, fee with Manchester United. But it was... I think it's a, a good... Um, it's a good transfer for us because if you look at the, the our defenders, we've got quite a few younger defenders, Mancini, Kumbula and Ibanez. And it's good, I think, that for, for balance that you have a more experienced defender comes in. It, it, it completes that rear guard, I think. So um, I was very pleased about that. And um, I, I think overall, I'm quite positive about the transfer market. We, we managed to uh, move out some players who, for various reasons, um, uh, weren't really providing value for money. Not, not, not people like Perotti, not necessarily because of their ability or age, but because of uh, injury fitness problems and so on. And we took, um, we took Pedro, who we've already seen as uh, contributed already and looks uh, like he could be a big help. And... Um, we have a, a re, we, you know, we have what could be a viable replacement for Jeco, and um, and uh, so um, and and of course we managed to uh, make Mkhitaryan permanent transfer as well. So um, I think all in all, uh, I would say, uh, and and apparently I read today we reduced the wage bill by about ten million, give or take. So. Um, I think it can be considered uh, positive. Not necessarily brilliant, but positive. I agree with you. Um, the, you started with the defense, right? That, I have a hard time if uh, Fonseca is going to keep playing with the three at the back. I have a now that it's small and is in town. I have a hard time believing who who's going to sit that sit, sit out. So I guess that's a good problem to have. What do you think of the of the transfer market overall? Before we start to get into individual players, Scott. Um, so yesterday I was probably like most Roma fans, as you said in the beginning of the podcast, I was literally refreshing my Twitter every two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I, a lot of us, literally, 
as soon as I saw uh, John Solano tweeted out saying there could be problems with the with the documentation, I was like, oh no, not again, not two things go wrong in the space of what two weeks after the Diawara debacle after the Hellas Verona situation but overall I think it was good if they would have got Stefan Al Sharari over the line I think I would have probably given it maybe an 8 out of 10 um, getting a few more players off the wages like Pastore I've just seen he's not in the Euro- Europa League squad which was registered today that could have been good and that could have been more wages um, saved by Roma um, if we could have got Fazio or Juan Jesus off the books it, it probably would have been a 10 out of 10 but solid um, as I said if they got Stefan Al-Sharari over the line after uh, getting rid of Cliver it would have been the top transfer Mercato for Roma So let's start with the main the man in the back uh, Chris Smalling what does he bring to the defence um, let's break this one down who wants to start well I, I I think we saw last season that he's 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 pretty quick, and um, that's always a great uh, um, asset for a central defender. And um, I think I mean it's often said that he's, he's he's not the best on the ball. You know, his passing, the way he dis, his distri- distribution from the bat. But I was pretty impressed last season from what I saw most of the time, and he was fairly consistent. I mean, of, when the team had its rough patches particularly um, after the winter break and so on. He suffered like most of the other players. But um, I think um, overall he brings uh, a lot of experience and um, good pace and um, leadership quality. And um, he's very enthusiastic about playing for the club. So overall, um, uh, I think he's a positive addition. Brings a lot of experience, Scott. Yeah, I can't. I probably just add a little bit more to that. Just um, a bit more tactical awareness, a bit more experience. Well, he's thirty-one, thirty-two, so he's what eleven, twelve years older than the other three central defenders that they have at the club. Um, his pace was just a fantastic. He got uh, got his pace got Roma out of a lot of problems last season when when uh the defence went a bit missing, shall I say, in a, in a few games. And then he was um, he was really good. I think with the experience and probably what he had with Gianluca Mancini last season, they had a bit of a great partnership where they helped each other out. I think Mancini helped him out with a bit of Italian and Smallin helped him out with a bit of English. So I'm really looking forward to this, even though it took, what, 10 months to get over the line which was oh, it was horrible it was probably worse than my United going after Jaden Sancho it was just woeful but I'm just happy it's over the line yeah and then and let's let's stay on the defense but let's talk about Kumbula Marish Kumbula um uh, there were talks that he, he was going to go to Lazio he was in talk with Inter for a for a few months and Roma came right in in the last minute and grabbed them I personally think he's a great signing. There's a lot of potential there. Um, and, you know, he goes well with the balance of experience and youth that we were talking about. Scott, um, why don't you start with Kumbula? What do you think? Yeah, excellent signing. I said, uh, I think I said on Twitter that he had a lot, a few clubs after him. Uh, was it, as you said, a few. I think Napoli and a couple of Premier League clubs were after him. 
ecstatic over. He's got so much potential and what we've seen so far this season, he's been excellent on the left side of the, of the back three. He impressed me so much at that Hellas Verona side last season. He was one of the standout players along with um, Sofian Amrabat. He's now gone to Fiorentina. I think that's probably one of the signings in Italy this season for Roma by far. Getting a young, hungry defender with the world at his feet and he's got so, so much potential. Now we can reap the benefits out of it. Yeah, uh, we compromise on Mercedes, though. He goes the other way. Originally yeah, yeah. Alone, and now it's a, it wasn't made permanent. Uh, James, what do you make of uh, Kumbula? Well, um, I, I haven't seen uh, um, uh, uh, as much of him as perhaps you have. But um, I, what I've seen so far in our colours, very impressed. And he looks, Fair just enough. like Scott said, to have uh, so much potential. And when you think of the fee that we paid or, or will pay 30 million euros, give or take. I think that this is like a throwback to um, the early days when the Americans first took over the club, where we would pay bigger fees for younger players on smaller contracts and, and um, uh, uh, you know, that the, the would make the, uh, the club's economy more sustainable. And, and, of course, then there's always the option that you can sell that. I mean, hopefully this... Pl player and play and going forward we'll see the benefit of these players as they grow you know we'll we, we, rather than sell them on at the first opportunity we'll see we'll see the benefit but um i think the fee 30 million euros is uh, an indication that um you know this player has a uh, you know great potential and as you were saying there so many clubs were after him not not only in italy but in england and uh, i think that's uh, an indication that we've got a major talent uh, on our hands potentially here. Yeah. Another um, player from Spain, I feel like there's a lot of players from Spain nowadays in Roma, um, that kind of came in in the last minute was Borja Mayoral. Um, he comes with a, with a nice pedigree, right? He comes out with a, uh, from Real Madrid Castilla. That's a very good uh, that's a primavera. Uh, he's played in Germany. He's played um, in Spain, obviously in Levante. What do you make? What do you guys make of this signing? Is he a good number two? Well, he's. Um, I mean, uh, as you say, came comes from Real Madrid and and uh, their academy and so on. So that's always promising. That the, the things that concern me are he had a season in the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg and didn't particularly impress there, certainly looking at his uh, statistics. So um, uh, that concerns me a bit. But, you know, I'm hopeful that... Um, I mean, it's going to be quite interesting, his role. He's, he's probably not coming to start straight away. You know, he's going to be probably uh, the alternate to, to Dzeko. So, um, uh, yeah, it's... I'm, I mean, I mean, we were never probably going to, once Jekko, you know, it was decided that Jekko would stay, it was unlikely, um, if only for, um, you know, the, the size of Jekko's contract, that, that we'd take a starting striker. So when you take that into consideration in the circumstances, I think that it's, it's um, you know, I do welcome him. So um, I think it could be viewed potentially as a good transfer, but um, I'm not sure at the moment he's also versatile i had an interview with him and 
a guy from uh, AS, um, the newspaper from Spain, from my Spanish podcast. He was telling me a little bit about Borja Mayoral and what, what his strengths are. Yeah, he's a number nine, but he's also very good um, playing from the wing, from the outside. So that that could be that could be good uh, now for Roma now that we lost Kleiber and we didn't bring anybody in. Um, what do you make of Borja Mayoral, Scott? But do you reckon he could be like a like a Mirko Vucinic type of player? He sort of played out wide. Right. And also I was played thinking through of that. the centre. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so Sam, do you see him sort of like that? If he can play out wide and then for, play through the centre, if he can do that, that's, that's brilliant because he can, he can help out out wide if, say, Pedro or Mkhitaryan is both out injured because I don't think I could see both of them last in the full season without an injury after Pedro picked up a pretty nasty injury in the FA Cup final. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen much of of him, um, but my friend is a Barcelona fan and she said she, she's seen some really good things of him. And for me, it's like a low-risk sign-in. Um, if it works out, it could be absolutely outstanding. But if not, he can go back to Real Madrid and, and can go somewhere else on loan in Spain. But for me, I'm... I'm happy with just bodies at the club that can actually help out the squad because we needed another striker after Nicola Kalinic did not do well last season and also the Edin Dzeko debacle with, with Eric Milik. So I'm happy with the signing. I looked at his career statistics. It don't look great, but I think there's potential there. Yeah. Let's talk about Pedro. Uh, he scored obviously a great goal over the weekend and we're going to talk about the game uh, shortly. Uh, what do you guys make of him? He, I mean, to me, he has a lot of experience, professionalism, and he's a great guy to have inside and outside the pitch, right, uh, James? Yes, I agree with you. I think it's... Um, and he's looked very sharp so far and scored a great goal at the weekend. And he brings... Um, oh, <laughs> it's funny because he brings a lot of um, uh, experience in a part of the pitch where we're a bit lopsided, really, with experience. We don't have much the back but in attack when he plays with Mkhitaryan and Dzeko you are looking at a pretty old attack so um, so it'll be interesting how Fonseca manages that situation but he also brings as we know uh, a lot of talent and creativity and uh, goal scoring ability so um, and he's played I think having played for so long at such a high level a bit like Smalling you know that 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 that's invaluable, that experience. And that can be the difference between turning in Serie A or even the Europa League, turning, you know, a, 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 um, a, a, a potential loss into a draw and a draw into a win. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about this uh, transfer. Yeah, he came with the right with the right mentality, right? He was saying, "Why do we have to settle for fifth or sixth? Let's go, let's go for the title." Yeah. Might, listen, it might be dreaming, yeah. but listen, unless he's got he's got that he's he wants to, right? You can you know that he he's since he put on the shirt, I feel I feel like he's given that extra little something that Roma was missing. What do you think, Scott? He's a natural winner, isn't he? Look at the titles and what he's done for the Spanish national side and what he's won with them. He's just a natural leader uh, and a natural winner. I've been really impressed with the three games that I've seen him play. He plays in like a, a pocket of space but with um, Mkhitaryan behind the striker and he creates that space by just dropping a little bit deeper and picking up the ball in areas and just running at the defenders. And I don't think the defenders in Serie A like that much, but 
I've been really impressed. I was a bit worried at the beginning because he picked up a really nasty um, shoulder injury in the cup final against Arsenal. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I was a bit worried that he could be out for a while, but he's recovered really quickly and he's just been really, really impressive. But I just hope he doesn't pick up another injury. That's my only concern. But going forward, I would love the leadership. Now, another few players with his mentality and his leadership on the squad because that's what's been lacking with Roman in the last couple of years. But I'm happy with his signing. It's, 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 with the three games he's played, he's been he's been one of the best players this season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, another player that stays with us but is also signed on a permanent basis is Henrik Mkhitaryan. Um, he was, in my opinion, he was pivotal in some parts of the, of the season for us and uh, with the performances and scoring goals. Uh, I think he's going to be a solid player. Uh, he hasn't looked the best uh, this year so far, but it's early on in the season. Um, and another player I want to give a shout is uh, Roger Ibanez. I know he didn't come on these windows. He came on the on the winter tr on the winter um, transfer window back in January. But listen, man, I like that guy. He's every time he keeps getting better, right? His last game against Udinese was phenomenal. What do you guys make of Mkhitaryan and? And Roger Ibanez, I know he's a, not a new signing, but he's fairly new at the club. Yeah, well, um, well, uh, Mkhitaryan is um, a bit of a known quantity. You know, we know what he can bring. And it's a question of fitness, as uh, Scott was saying earlier, how, how, how many games he'll play. And, um, and uh, form, really, whether he can hold his form, maintain his form uh, for long patches um, of the season. And and how we fit together with Jeco and Pedro playing three players in their thirties all, all together at the same time. How how it'd be interesting to see how Fonseca manages that. And of course, it's to a certain extent it's up to the other players to uh, challenge those players for um, for their starting positions. Of course, the other thing is, of course, we lost Zaniolo for probably the bulk of the season. Uh, which is a bit unfortunate. Coming to Roger Ibanez, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's been really impressed with him. And I'm quite surprised, actually, that Atalanta released him to us, particularly because it happened in January. And um, But he's, he's full of energy. He's, um, uh, you know, he's, he's clearly got great skill. I mean, his tackling is, is excellent and he's covering. He seems to, and you know, have a real sense of... Um, Uh, where to, you know, to be in the right place at the right time, and um, I think, you know, there, there, I mean, there's one or two areas where maybe um, uh, maybe needs to be a little bit more disciplined, but um, uh, in certain uh, uh, situations. But he's uh, good on the ball. I think, yeah, he's a real complete uh, complete defender, and um, with the right coaching can can go on to be uh i mean actually you're just thinking about it this defense is potentially you know really um you know uh on paper anyway lo looking really uh strong and and with great potential to improve you know yeah, i agree this is this defended on paper looks really really good mancini ibanez kumbula and smalling now uh, we're not even counting facio and juan jesus in, in the in the mix Uh, Scott, what do you make of Mkhitaryan? How important is he for the team? And and your thoughts on Roger Ibanez? Uh, can I start on Roger Ibanez? Um, I love him. He's been fantastic. Um, 
he reminds me a bit of Lucio and uh, Walter Samuel because no, just diehard defence. Nothing's just going to get past him. Committed. Um, like like James said, I was amazed that Atalanta got rid of him for such a low fee. What was it eight million, something like that? Eight million euros. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just even though Atalanta have been very shrewd in this in this window, and before we can get rid of players with talent for for excess amount of money, um, that was a strange one. But what that's been Roma's game because he's been absolutely brilliant since the tactical change to a back three. On Mkhitaryan, um, last season he, went, he had patches where he's a bit poor. I would go back to the Atalanta away game in February where he was just non-existent playing in, in the central midfield role in a 4-3-3. But since he moved to like a 3-4-2-1, he's been brilliant. He's just been... He's the runner in, in that attacking three. Now that Zaniolo has gone along with Pedro, where you can give him the ball and he can run and then create space to bring in other players. If he can work on his finishing, which he should have scored against Juventus, I think Roma would have been a bit higher in the league. But I'm really happy with this because once again, it just adds more experience into the attack. And he also also is a winner. Look what he's won before with uh, Manchester United, with Borussia Dortmund and along with Shakhtar. Anything else you guys want to add um, on the transfer market? I think we can all agree it was positive. It wasn't great, phenomenal, but it was positive, right? It was in the right direction for year one of the free kids. Yes, and I think um, it was very difficult circumstances <coughs> Excuse me, because we didn't have a director to um, uh, coordinate and um, basically run the transfer market. So it's interesting to see what happens there but um uh i think you know overall in in the you know when money was tight and uh, there wasn't you know it was a an awkward several awkward situations and players who we really were quite desperate to uh uh move on i think uh yeah uh it's come out of it looking at the squad as very satisfactory i would say scott your your thoughts your closing thoughts on the transfer market yeah, been really good. I think, as I said earlier, if they would have got Al Shuari over the line, there's added a bit more depth up up front and then in the wide roles. If you, if Fonseca wants to change El formation, that didn't happen because there was a delay on the on the contract. On yeah, the Perotti. Yeah, he wanted to make the same amount of money as he was making in Roma, and then oh. that didn't give time to finish the paperwork with China. I guess I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, he would have been. Yeah, it would, it would have definitely been a good. You know, yeah. Better, I mean, one I final thought, read that one correct. final closing thought is we're only because of the, the obviously the delay to the transfer we're only uh, three months away from the next one so um, true, there's always true. the option if we <laughs> if we do find ourselves that you're talking about a bit light up front um, in attack you know of taking someone perhaps in January you know he's going to be motivated to play some good yeah. football before the Euros ahead of the Euros right so mm. yeah definitely because. Um, I don't, is the Chinese Super League still going on? I think it is. I, don't, I am not sure. I don't know if he, not sure. I don't know if he's getting games at the moment. I know he wanted to come back, and he's he's been in Rome for quite a while now. And if that would have happened, that would have been wonderful. And I think most, I think all Roma fans would have been happy to see him back. Yes. And as you said, it would it would have given him game time, and he could have been in the shout for the Euro squad, which is next year. Yeah, next summer. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, let's move on to our first win of the season over the weekend at the uh, Darcy Arena against Udinese. We picked up the three points with a beautiful goal from Pedro. Uh, James, what are your thoughts on our first win of the season? Well, I mean, it was great to win and get three points and it stabilized the situation. So, so we've got four points now. So we're, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good confidence boost to everyone to go into the international break with a, um, with a win. And it will relax the players, I think, as well for when they pick up again in the next game. Um, overall, though, I, I, I was a bit concerned with some of the things I saw, particularly after we scored... I think we 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 really lost the initiative. I mean, we had a good spell in, for about 30 minutes in the first half where we really dominated. Didn't create maybe the chances that we should have done because there was wasn't really um, a we were great synergy. That direct ball, up. the through ball, right? The last ball. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there there was a great pass from Pellegrini to Jeco who controlled it brilliantly, but his finish was was uh, um, wayward and it flew over the crossbar. But um, uh, so I think there was a bit of problems with the synergy up front and the, and 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 and, and um, uh, how the team functioned. But what alarmed yeah, Udinese me the made most us was... on the counter, though. Sorry. Udinese made us fade on the counter. They did, yeah, yes, absolutely, yes. But um, I th and I mean, and and that's where Ibanez really helped out. He was great in. Uh, several situations covering but i think that the uh um and and, and Mirenti as well was uh, uh pretty solid having in my opinion been i mean I, I i seem to be in a small minority but i thought he was at fault for the equalizer in the previous game against juventus but i, I what what alarmed me in the okay, second yeah. half was we we gave them i thought too much space we didn't look um uh tight enough um in after we scored and we gave you know an a better team i think would have punished us at least once and i think we've got to be um a, a lot more compact when we're defending um and uh so so uh i mean there were a few times when udinese you know carved carved us open and uh, had some dangerous chances so um i i was alarmed at that but i'm hoping that as we You know, as the you know, once the season resumes after this uh, international break, that uh, things will improve, and um, and and hopefully with Smalling coming back as well, things will improve. So, but that was the one thing that alarmed me. I think we gave too much space to Udinese to play in our half after we took the lead. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that an, a better team would make us pay, just like Juventus did with ten men the week before. Right, uh, Scott. Yeah. What do you make? What do you make? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's three points, and we'll take it, right? But was the performing a little bit alarming for you, or uh, wh what do you make of that? You think Fonseca is also taking? So there, I saw a lot of criticism on on Twitter. Is Fonseca taking long to make the substitution, and sometimes not even using all five of them? Which I don't agree on the five, but I mean that's another topic. Um, so why is Fonseca not using all of them? Is is lack of trust on the team? Because um, I feel like he should, now probably he's going to use it more now that the market is complete. But what do you make of that? Yeah, it's a bit strange. What he like the week before? What do he wait to like seventy minutes, seventy-five minutes? Only made two two out of five. Um, he made five out of five this last weekend. 
I don't know. I think he was just waiting for something to happen. To he was a, he was just strange. Was he trying also, to be, to be less to reactive? Second, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Um, I mean, Clyburn no, came in and like I don't remember what minute late in the second half, and he would lose a ball and he he would come back like basically like jogging, not even running or like hurrying back. You know? Yeah, so I understand the frustration of Fonseca. Maybe in that sense, that's how I try to see it. Yeah, I, I do as well. I just don't think he trusts some of the players. I think some of the players that were on the bench have sadly left the club. And I think you just named one where on Clive, I think he, there's a footballer there, but his IQ and his decision-making needs to be sorted out because it's not the greatest. And as you just said, when you lose the ball and you're defending a one-goal one lead, what do you want to do? Do you want to right? just jog? Yeah, you want to try it back and defend for your team and fight. Not jog back, but on the win, it was ugly. Um, you take it, take the three points and get out of Udine with a clean sheet. Um, first half, I thought Roma struggled a bit to break down a back eight because I thought that's what Udinese were trying to do was just frustrate Roma and then hit on the counter-attack, which they did with Lasagna and uh, Rodrigo de Paul and Akaka. I thought he was going to score. Was time in the I thought just period, gonna... in, the, in the first half, at the end of the first half, every counter attack from them was like a mini heart attack. Yeah, it was. It, it's causing. I think. <laughs> I think I was trying to not have a panic attack, trying to watch Roma defend <laughs> against Udinese in, in the first half. But yeah, I agree with what James said. Um, my friend actually messaged me after the game and said, "If Udinese could finish, and if they're a better team, I think Roma would see." probably a 2 or 3-1 defeat, but get the win, go into the international break with the first win and just build on from then because it wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And that's, you just needed to uh, go into the international break with three points in the bag, didn't you? And a clean sheet because Morante was just pulling saves left, right and centre in the second half. And I was, I was thinking, not again, don't want to concede a late goal again because it's just going to be madness on social media and in, in the Roman press, but just happy to get the result. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, guys. Um, anything else you're going to add on on the win before we go? Yeah, I, I, I would just like to say that I, I think it might be the key to our season might be using the Udinese game as some kind of template whereby we we might not score that many goals this season, but we might end up not conceding that many either. And I think if we're going to have a successful mm. season, I think it's going to be reliant on plenty of clean sheets, not conceding many goals, and maybe winning games like 1-0, 2-1, that kind of thing. So I could see maybe this game being a bit of a template for how our season will go if if we're going to have a successful season. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that in, in, for history in Serie A, uh, if you have a great defence, it's... Maybe, maybe it's slightly more important than having a great offense. I don't know. Uh, mm. I'm with you, Sam. I'm with you. Everything starts at the back, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you have a good defense, nothing's going to get past. Then you just have to worry about your attack. And if they can get Jacko firing, because he's been very poor since that move broke down. Don't yes. know if anyone else agrees with me. He's been off color. So. Definitely a if lot more on the Udinese game. I mean, I mean, yeah. those, those 
two horrific games against Juventus. But besides that, I felt like he won a battle against uh, the, the you know the second ball. Maybe he won a few of them mm. against Bonucci and Chiellini, but definitely against Udinese. Yeah. Besides that miss, he didn't. He wasn't he, a big he factor at, at all. Yeah. He looked out uh, out of form. Maybe his head wasn't in the right place. But I don't know. Something must have happened with that protracted move to Juventus and what's going on with the, the Milik deal as well because that was that was fun to be a Roma fan <laughs> in those in those few days. But they can get him sorted out, I think it could be a good season for Roma. All right guys. Um well thank you very much. This was fun. Uh anything else you wanna add before we go? And let's start let's start to do this a little bit more often now that we have it all set up and uh, we have a little bit of better workflow. We we kinda figure it out. <laughs> well, well, I would just um, like to say that um, one of the things that occurs to me is you've got a, essentially a, um, a 10-month season that's normally fitted into nine months because you have to play mm. midweek Serie A yeah. games and is now fit, being crammed into eight months. So mm. um, there's going to be a, you know, a lot of games, particularly with the Europa League games um, being on a Thursday evening. So oh, they're going to be yeah. coming thick and fast. It's interesting that like you talk Euro- about that. Yeah, because, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I have a question for you after you finish. No, I was just going to say. So, so it, it, you know, it could be that everybody get, or virtually everybody gets an opportunity, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how Fonseca manages that. The getting the balance between um, uh, keeping everybody fresh and and spreading around the opportunities without compromising performances because the Europa League draw that we um, that that's one other thing perhaps that we should uh, mention um, we play young boys burn in the first game in Switzerland then we play uh, CSK Sofia which is the last game as well and um, who, who are an old nemesis of us right? yeah. Yeah, we have a history Champions with them League. right yes we do yes and um, so um it's a, it's a. You look at that and you think, well, that's a, a group where um, qualification should be pretty manageable. You know, it's not an, it's not a particularly difficult group. I think the other Italian clubs, Milan and Napoli, have uh, more difficult groups. So um, it could be that um, uh, you know um, he he shares out the minutes a bit more like uh, fairly than. Um, than, uh, than we think, partly because he's got this problem of, um, you know, the games are going to be coming thick and fast, and uh, he, he won't want to, uh, um, uh, you know, burn out players, particularly, as we've mentioned before, you, you've got an attack of, certainly on paper, maybe the three um, players who play it, who would, who you would expect to start an attack, are all, um, you know, over 30. Yeah, I agree. All I wanted to ask you earlier is, so that you were talking about that topic of the of the season being more tight, right, and the more more matches in less days. So, do you think that keeping the five changes um, favors the team with deeper packets that can have better teams with with better better depth on the squad? Uh, well, um, yeah, you would think so. I mean, uh, presumably it's done in the interests of uh, protecting the the well being of the players, the welfare of the players, so that um, minutes can be. You know, the coach has got more options to to uh, share, ways, share right? out the burden 
um, among the squad. But yes, I mean, it will any increase in substitute. I mean, when substitutions, it used to be just two, then it went to three, and three. then three plus a goalkeeper, and then and then um, one or two yeah, in extra you, time. If in you talk about Juventus, he's going to do a substitute in the 70th minute. Dybala comes out, Chiesa comes in. Yes, indeed. But anyways, that's the way it is, right? Yes, that's yes. The way it is. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, let me give your Twitter handles. Uh, you can find James on Twitter with the name Ill Road Runner. That's I-L-R-O-A-D-R-U-N-N-E-R. Ill Road Runner. Scott, I, we found you all with just your first and last name. Scott underscore Monroe, right? S-C-O-T underline M-U-N-R-O-E. Uh, I'm not very active on Twitter at all. Uh, my name is Samuel Rubio 99. And, uh, you know, we, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, Spotify, basically all the, all the, all the podcasting platforms. Um, thank you very much, James. Thank you very much, Scott. Let's do this again soon. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, going into, we're going into the break with the win, so that's very important. We come back against Benevento and then the Europa League, as James said. So we, fi we, we, we go back in a positive note. When, on a transfer market that at least we can say, listen, all right, I think there is something here that we can build on, right? So it could have been better, but it also could have been worse. Uh, we're going to finish it right here. We'll stay in touch. Uh, it's only in a few days. And as always, Forza Roma. Ciao. Forza Roma. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.